0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Move through blocks and fulfill your passion and purpose. This is Stop Stopping Yourself with your host, Vincent Jenna.
1: Well, hello and welcome to Stop Stopping Yourself. Yes, I'm your host, Vincent Jenna, and I thank you all for coming today. We're going to have an exciting show today, and one that usually I receive thousands of questions on from all my clients all over the world. It's in regards to love and romantic relationships. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day, and there is a reason why we created that holiday. And so today's segment is going to be all about love and attracting the perfect relationship. So um, I want to also tell you that in the second half of the hour, anybody who has questions in regards to their own love and relationships – or need a psychic answer to that, call in. Now is the time to call in about relationship issues. Whether your knight in shining armor is coming along or your princess is coming along or whether you're in the right relationship or how to get a relationship at all, call in with that during the second half of our show, um, which will be coming up after 1230. So, Stay tuned and hang on here because we've got some deep things to talk about and some myths to expel. But yes, it's all about love. Love is all you need. Love is what we are made of. Love is where we came from. So love is the most important and natural commodity on the earth as well as relationships. And we're the ones that created relationships. So anything that I wind up saying that brings to mind a question, jot it down because those are good questions. If you have that question, chances are all the other listeners all over the world have the same question. Uh, before I go on, I, I do want to mention that if you can mark your calendar for March 6th, my episode and my entire show on March 6th, is going to be dedicated to psychic and mediumship readings. Okay. For all the listeners and those who call in or chat in. I will make connections for you during the entire hour. I will give you any psychic answer to any of your questions about either finance, relationships, your health, your career where life is going, what your dream is, or if you want to speak with a deceased loved one, now is the time to be able to do that on the 6th for the entire hour. So just mark that off. I wanted to remind you of all of that now. So why are people not in a fulfilling or healthy relationships? And why are so many relationships strained or dysfunctional? And still the majority of marriages today are ending in divorce. And, Why is it that unconditional love, our most abundant natural resource, is the most deprived in the world today? That's what today's program is all about, and I'm going to tell you about that. So... Since we are made from love and love is the most important thing that we experience in our lives, most of the things that messages that we receive in life, especially from very early on, we translate to either being lovable or not being lovable. All right. So what that means is when you're attending to a youngster, a child and You go along with that child. You praise that child. You say something positive to that child. That child, he or she will translate that into, I'm lovable. You got to remember at that age, our minds are and our brains are underdeveloped. We're very egocentric. It seems to be all about us, right? During our entire youth and if we don't receive positive messages that reinforce the idea that we're lovable, the negative messages then reinforce the idea that we're unlovable. That's what a child translates into being unlovable so even when they don't get their way the reason why they're responding the way they're responding is because they're not feeling you love them believe it or not they don't sit there we we give them so much credit for being able to figure things out on their own so early on you know just because we tell them no um, we're trying to teach them self-discipline and then wonder why they're acting the way they're acting and it's because Because of how they feel. And the proof of this is when they become adults. And that carries forward into their adult lives. If they receive, if you receive enough negative messages in your youth, you're absolutely, I'm tripping over my tongue right now, absolutely going to be walking away feeling that you are unlovable. The two most important things that you learn in your youth from your environment and that's including from your parents and all the messages you receive around you is number one, whether you're lovable and number two, how to love yourself. So the pattern and the way you're treated is the way you wind up treating yourself. So what does this have to do with your adult lives and why your relationships aren't going well? Well, if you combine that with the understanding of the law of attraction, then by the time you're an adult and you're creating your own self-beliefs and tapping into the power of the law of attraction, you are attracting to you what your inner core belief about yourself is. So the bottom line is if you don't believe you're lovable you're going to be putting that energy out into the universe and I'll and I'll I'll actually give the steps of how that works and then you're going to attract a relationship that is not going to work not going to last going to get sabotaged in some way but it's going to end because that's exactly what your inner core expectation is So uh, how does it work that way? Okay, we understand some of the steps. If you're listening to the show, you've got an open mind. You think outside of the box. You've been maybe on your spiritual journey and metaphysical understandings, um, and you understand the principles of the law of attraction, but we need to take it to a psychological level to further understand how the laws work. Again, I've said this very early on in my programs, in all my teachings – we tend to think that thought alone is what manifests. Conscious thought alone manifests. <clears throat> when reality, in reality, it's not the thoughts that manifest. It's your beliefs that manifest. The deep Down core beliefs deep down in your unconscious mind or actually in the minds that I had talked about before your environmental made mind and your adult made mind those beliefs deep down there are what affect your manifesting ability your thoughts however help to shape and influence your inner core beliefs however If your deep down belief because of your past experiences and the stories of your life, if those beliefs are I'm not lovable, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, that is actually going to influence the manifesting energy far more than your conscious thought saying, oh, I want a partner. I deserve somebody. I deserve a family. I I want love and deserve love, good love, somebody who's going to really care about me. Yeah, those are your conscious thoughts. But are they your your deep down core beliefs and thoughts? And the way you can determine that is by the outcome of your life. Always the outcome of your life will reflect what you believe internally. So, if you have your knight in shining armor, your princess, your perfect relationship, then know deep down inside you, you do believe you are lovable. But that relationship will also last then if you truly are believing you're lovable without an, of that belief waning in any way. If your belief wanes or you lose it or lose sight of it in any way, It can also disturb the relationship that you're in, okay? That's one thing that you need to understand. So it begins with you. And this, I do a great workshop based exactly on this. Um, All you need is love, attract and maintain perfect relationships. Uh, That's where this is coming from today in my workshop. And one of the things, and the first things that I say that people go, whoa, is attracting your perfect love has nothing to do with another person. It has nothing to do with another person. Maintaining a relationship has something to do once you're in one, but attracting a relationship is all dependent upon you. Exactly. And again, your inner core beliefs. You, this is what happens. You have a thought, you have a desire, okay? And it can be any desire, but let's, for the sake of this program today, let's talk about love. So you desire attracting a wonderful relationship. You're a woman, you want to attract a wonderful guy or a wonderful girl. You're a guy, you want to attract a wonderful girl or a wonderful guy. It doesn't matter. It works the exact same way. So you start thinking about that, right? And you start talking about it, maybe. And so you start the energy process going. You're about ready, not yet, but you're about ready to tap into the law of attraction and manifest and bring to you that which you are desiring. So the energy is starting to muster up. Try to think of this in your mind's eye right now. It's mustering up and it's about ready to be released from you. But before it leaves you, deep down inside, that little kid inside of you or that real deep down belief turns around and says, yeah, but you're not lovable. You don't deserve anything good. It's not going to last. And all of a sudden – The energy that you mustered up about wanting love gets tainted and influenced by that set of beliefs. Now the energy is released out into the universe and you consciously are unaware that you said that inside, that you just flavored that energy in a negative way, but nonetheless you did and it is set out into the universe. And because like attracts like, You're attracting an energy that it's going to be similar in inner core belief right now the two of you get together oh and during the dating process oh it seems so nice the courtship phase we call it in the psychological field the courtship phase of course the courtship phase is fabulous everybody goes out of their way to make themselves appear good right you're trying to make a good impression you're infatuated possibly with the person that you just met then you will call them or bring them flowers or, or go to the movies with them, watch TV, read a book, everything nice, nice dates, everything is super nice, right? Then all of a sudden the courtship phase ends and you're in the phase of regular dating and all of a sudden things start going wrong because that flavored part underneath, the negative part that said, oh, this isn't going to work, starts kicking in. And you unconsciously start manifesting problems between the two of you. So instead of the positive sides coming out of both of you, which there always is a positive side in every person, we're all connected to God and made of God. Instead of the positive side coming out, the negative side starts coming out. And everybody starts acting like an idiot. At least that's what I keep getting from so many people. Or they act abusive or they say critical things and they're not as nice and they're not sending flowers and they're not making phone calls and seeing how he or she is doing and and so people start getting neglected because it was an inner core expectation and you may even sabotage it without knowing purposely um, making it negative and putting stress on the relationship and this is all on an unconscious level, people. I'm not saying you consciously do that. Sometimes it can slip into the consciousness when it gets so bad and you intentionally try to hurt each other. That does happen but what winds up happening is most of un. Conscious because you weren't expecting it to work to start with. And now all of a sudden, everybody is terrible and you don't belong in this relationship. Everybody is abusive. My clientele in readings is 50% male, 50% female. I happen to be very fortunate that my demographics is equally spread across male and female. And what's so important about that for me is any female that I am talking with is having trouble with a relationship, 90% of them are saying it's all the fault of the male, he's a jerk, he's abusive, um, He's he, he doesn't feed my emotional needs anymore, he's, he's distant, he's shut down, doesn't share anything. And so all these guys look terrible, right? Well, here's the funny thing. When I talk to my men... 90% of them turn around and say it's all the women's fault. Their spouse, their partner, their lover, um, they're the same things. They're shut down. They're not there for me. Um, they don't talk about anything. They're abusive. <laughs> they're the exact same complaints that the women have about the men, the men have about the women. And Isn't it funny how many people are so rotten in the world today and that's actually just not true? It's actually the story of Cain and Abel in the Bible. The story is in the Old Testament, as I've said over and over again, are metaphors and metaphysical messages for us. The story of Cain and Abel is about who we both can be. We can both be Abel, who was really nice, felt love, felt connected to God, was kind in the world. Or we can feel like Cain, disconnected from God, feeling abandoned, feeling rejected, feeling angry, feeling resentful. And the Cain in us can overtake and kill the Abel in us. So, of course, then in relationships, when you start feeling detached and you don't feel good, um, about yourself or the other person you, you can retaliate and you can hurt each other but that doesn't mean that's who you are and that's what the relationship was meant to be and it wasn't meant to work out to start with it worked out exactly the way you expected it in the psychological field we call it self-fulfilling prophecy in the spiritual world we call it manifesting your beliefs Either way, you're the one that has expected and attracted to you a relationship you knew deep down inside you didn't deserve, you didn't believe in, you didn't think was going to be positive. That's why the relationships aren't working. They're not working because you don't believe you're lovable. Oh, now, talk with some of these people all over the world, guys or girls, um, They're very funny when they start giving me the argument of, oh, no, 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 I've worked on that all my life. And yes, I've had some bad relationships, but I learned from them. I took care of all of those issues, and I still can't find anybody good. It's like all of a sudden, out of the 7.2 billion people that are on the face of the earth, it doesn't seem to be anybody left that's worth having a relationship with. And that goes for both guys and girls. The girls are complaining about the guys – um, you know, that they're they're either taken or back in the old days, which was so unpolitically correct, or they're gay, you know, um, and they're not interested in me, you know, or interested, or, or I'm a really good girl and I just can't come across anybody who's good, you know, and it's so funny because I'll get these people who don't live in tiny little towns, who live in major states and cities like Manhattan and L.A., and yet, They can't find anybody who's good. I think that that's absolutely amazing. And try to convince them that it has to do with their own inner core beliefs and forget it. And so I end up saying, well, now at least you understand why there's nobody by your side. If you're going to be closed to this, then there's no way to heal it. And that's exactly what happens with everybody, people, is – your defense mechanisms can get so strong, especially when it comes to love, because love is so vital to us. Uh, blood is the life force of the physical body. Well, love is the life force of the spiritual body. Without love, we wouldn't even exist. Okay, That's how important it is. So because it is so important, and we know that in our core – Right, we develop such incredibly strong, powerful, um, and non-moving defense mechanisms. So, of course, nobody wants to think that they're the cause of the the lack of their relationship, or they're the cause of why the relationship broke up. We're going to be talking about in a minute, and we're going actually. I should go into it now, since we only have a few minutes left on this side of the hour. Um, Even the outcome of your relationship and maintaining it requires both of you working on yourselves at the same time, not the couple. And when I did couple counseling as a psychotherapist, I never worked on how to teach each other to talk to each other because that was actually very futile. If you're not talking to yourself correctly, you're not going to talk to another person correctly. It stands to reason that if you learn how to treat yourself with love and respect and compassion, that will extend itself out onto another person. No problems. So there's all these wonderful books out there. And here's one that I absolutely adore, but not for the reason that it was written. The Five Love Languages, uh, everybody is going to be beaming about that and who's ever read it, oh, it's perfect. But think about it for a moment, what, what that book is about. The book is about learning how to speak the other person's language in order to maintain a good relationship. Well, that, isn't that, that wonderful, is learning how to let the other person know, all Right. Their way, the language that they know of what love is, you're supposed to learn how to speak it to them. So you have to make changes of yourself for the other person. And, and anything that we've learned, especially in the spiritual world, it's not changing for other people that matters. It's changing for yourself That's important, okay? So what about taking that book and learning how your partner then is speaking love, okay? Do you go to a foreign country and bring with them an English translation book, And go to a restaurant and hand the book to the waiter and say, do me a favor, learn English so that you can speak to me so I understand what you're saying. No, we go to another country and we learn their language so that way we can speak to them and they understand us and and understand What we're saying, that's not what Five Languages of Love is stating. It's teaching you how to speak to the other person rather than the other person understanding your language. There's a big difference. So love is all about you to start with. And when you're with another person, it's about you still learning about yourself and healing yourself. We're together with each other. To learn about ourselves, not to complete ourselves, to learn about our compassion and our capabilities and our, our, our ability to care, our ability to give, our ability to, to have tolerance and patience, right? And we learn more and more about that the deeper the relationship that we're in. So it's about ourselves we need to learn, not about the other person, okay? It's never about the other person. It's about us. And then you naturally bring that in. So back to the attracting part, okay? If you work on, on convincing the little kid inside of you, because that's where it stems from, that he or she is deserving of love, that he or she is a princess in a knight in shining armor, you will attract then that like. So in the, in the last three minutes of this hour, I do want to say this. Let's bring out that list That everybody has of what they want in another person. And quickly, this is what we're going to do. And I want you to do it during the commercial break, just so that you have it for yourself. I want you to take a piece of paper at the top of the page, write the 10 top things I want in my perfect partner. The 10 top things I want in my perfect partner. And the reason why I only say 10, because I know many of you can come up with a list of a 100. But just limit it to 10, the 10 top things that you would want in your partner. And as soon as you, and be honest with yourself, okay? As soon as you're done writing that list, go back to the top by the title, the 10 top things I want in my perfect partner. Cross out the word partner. And write in the word me. So your list should be the 10 top things I want in the perfect me. Because since like attracts like, and this is the reason why attraction has nothing to do with another person. If you develop, enhance Change, fix those 10 top things that you want in somebody else. If you change them within you, you are guaranteed to attract that in another person. And this can't be just consciously and intellectually. You have to believe it inside of you. Oh, yes, I believe I'm smart and I deserve a person who's smart. Well, if you wind up getting a person who's ignorant, then you got to know deep down inside of you, you're not believing you're smart. Because if you did believe you were smart, you would track somebody who was smart. And by the way, do me a favor, people. I was just on a radio show where the hosts were really not taking any of this seriously when we were talking. And I heard them talking about I gave them this list, an idea. And one of the guys turned around and said, oh, I put the first thing on my list that I want my partner to have big breasts. What am I supposed to do? Go out and make myself a pair of big breasts? What a stupid idea. And I'm like, oh, my God, talk about ignorance. If, in fact, you do want a partner who's in shape, Um, Then make sure you're in shape, okay? And let's not be surface with the 10 top things either. But we'll talk more about that. Call in with your questions after the hour. It's time for me to go for a commercial break. Come on back in and I'll give you your psychic readings. Thank you for joining. Stop stopping yourself. I'm your host, Vincent Jenna, and I'll see you in just a little bit.
0: Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. When listeners
1: like you contribute to Unity Online Radio, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. Go to unityonlineradio.org. And click on Donate to make a one-time donation. Or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support.
0: Here's a Unity Meditation Minute with Paulette Pipe. So as always, we begin our time of meditation by first taking account of what we're feeling those sights that we're seeing, those sensations that we're experiencing, and each breath that we breathe. Notice where in your body you're experiencing those sensations. Let your breathing find its own rhythm as we begin the process of letting go, the process of relaxation. Remember why we're here. To hear more from Paulette Pipe and touching the stillness, visit the archives section at unityonlineradio.org. For over 23 years, Liz Dawn and the team at Celebrate Your Life have been presenting life-changing events with some of the world's leading spiritual teachers. Experience a Celebrate Your Life event for yourself in 2019. Tickets are available now for the International Women's Summit March 7th to 10th in Phoenix, Arizona, featuring some of the most inspirational speakers in the realm of mind, body, and spirit. Do something for yourself this year. Go to CelebrateYourLife.com and reserve your space today.
1: Know Yourself as Divine, Stations of the Cosmic Christ. A new book from Matthew Fox and Bishop
0: Mark Andrus introduce a spiritual practice designed to help you realize the divine within.
1: Combining prayer and an interpretation of the stations of the cross, featuring beautiful imagery, you will be led on a process of transformation. This book will help you discover the most caring, courageous, and compassionate parts of yourself. Get your copy today at Amazon.com or Unity.org shop.
0: Discover new ways to heal yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually with Michael Schwartz and Spiritual Naturopathy. Every Monday at 12 p.m. Central, Michael offers a holistic path to healing and guides listeners to new levels of self-awareness. Touching on topics like intuition, healing by faith, dream interpretation, and a lot more. Michael explores how to maximize our spiritual gifts and helps us discover how much healing power we really have. Call in with your questions and comments every Monday here on Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Stop Stopping Yourself with Vincent Jenna.
1: All right, we're back. And what's really funny, it turns out that we have a lot of listeners on today's program, but nobody wants to call in with a question, which is fine because they'd rather hear than than what I am talking about with love. And during the first half, I jammed in a, a tremendous amount of information. So I'd like to go back through that as long as I have this half hour to educate a little bit more. These are really important understandings, and what I would like to do right now is break it down and actually talk about relationship myths. This is really important to understand about relationships, okay? So the first myth I want to talk about, and by the way, if I'm still talking and a question comes up and anybody wants a a reading on their love life or anything, don't hesitate to call in or chat in, okay? So the first relationship myth I want to talk about, and I already mentioned, is opposites attract. That was an old idea because it seemed that when two people were together, their emotional needs were completely opposite. When in actuality, it's the core that attracts, like we were talking about, not the personality styles. Now, given that people are so different, of course, whatever the core issue is that you have is going to show itself in different ways. And that's what seems like what is opposite. And yes – it's a nice fit if you have one personality style that's a controller and another personality style that's very passive, and it seems like they belong together, but in actuality, the reason why they're together is because both of them don't believe in themselves, they don't think they're worth anything, and they need to develop that personality style is actually a defense mechanism, and those defense mechanisms fit together, but eventually they don't work because nobody likes to be in control all the time, and nobody wants to be passive all The time, either. So it's really not that opposites attract, like attracts like. So if you get that in your mind to start with, like I said earlier, then you know all you have to do is work on healing yourself in order to attract what you want. Okay, I also mentioned this the next myth. All the right ones are taken. Okay, please. I mean, I'm giving the number 7.2 billion people on the face of the earth. I know it's up to 8 billion at least by now, by, by 2019. And you cannot say in, in any course of any given day, you are coming across a minimum of almost 100 people. If you go shopping, you've come across several people. If you're, you're at work, you're coming across people. Um, going to the car, your car in the parking lot, you pass people and at, any of those times, any of those times, you can attract, bump into, meet the, the, the love of your life and, and we've seen stories about that all the time, not fictional ones, true ones. Right, um, All the fantasies that we create in movies on, and on TV, by the way, the only reason why we can create them is because they're true, not because they're fantastical. That We can never imagine anything that is not true. So all of them that you see, people meeting at the, the strangest times, you mean, yes, you can be in Whole Foods squeezing melon and the person next to you turns around and says, hey, could you tell me if this is fresh or not? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm ignorant when it comes to fruit. And all of a sudden you strike up a conversation. You get married. And live happily ever after a year, a few years later. Okay. It happens that way. All right. So don't say that all the right ones are taken. You're just feeding into your own excuses and you don't want to keep doing that. Okay. Sex is an expression of love. That's also a relationship myth. A matter of fact, I try to promote always establishing an emotional relationship before a sexual one. When you establish emotional relationship, the sexual one will follow, but it's never guaranteed the other way. When you establish a sexual relationship, that does not mean you're going to have a foundation of an emotional relationship developing from that. And it's so interesting that... People go out there and yes, 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 there's always those few who just want fe- physical um, um, excitement and enjoyment and pleasure – all right. Rather than an emotional relationship, I understand that we're physical beings. That's going to happen. But the majority of people don't go into relationships for that. They're not into one night stands. And quite honestly, if you are into one night stands, that's actually more of a reflection again of your lack of self love. Because here's the funny thing is once, once you are in the, the climax of Uh, an expression of love and intimacy, you even feel that moment of love. I mean... It's it's so funny some of the stories that you've seen and heard where, you know, guys pick up a girl one night and, and the, the girl is – he wakes up in the morning and the girl is still in bed with him and he's like, oh my god, what is she still doing here? Holy cow, uh, what did I say? And she rolls over and says, did you mean what you said last night? You know, and he's like looking, uh, oh my gosh, did I say the wrong thing? Yeah, that's how it really does happen. It's not an expression of love, it's a sharing of love once you're in the relationship. So sex was never meant to cause love and feel love. You're supposed to be feeling it already and then you share it. Um, Actually, the act allows two souls to actually combine and come together as one. That's actually happening on a higher level. When you're, you're intimate with somebody that you have unconditional love for, that's exactly what's happening. Your souls are melding and becoming one. Um, I, I, the movie Cocoon is a fabulous depiction of that, um, where Steve Guttenberg is the character, is in a pool with an alien, um, and he talks to to the her about well, how do you guys you know make love up there? And she creates this energy above him that goes inside of him, and then he feels that. And what she's feeling is the is combining with her, and that's who we are to start with. So, sex is not an expression of love; it is sharing love, and that is not a fine line. That is an absolute distinction. Another relationship myth, okay. This, I love this one. More, the more you're highly evolved, the less you need relationships. Not true. Okay. Jesus said, live in the world, not of the world. What did he mean by that? When you incarnate down on earth, at the time that you incarnate, we're playing a game down here. They're playing a game. Right? And by you incarnating down there, you're agreeing to play that game for the most part. Okay? Um, but it doesn't mean, not of the world, means you don't have to play like everybody else. You don't have to cheat. You don't have to step all over each other just to win because it's not in the winning that counts. It's actually just playing the game that you want to do. So you can't go down there and play chess, decide to play chess while everybody else is playing Monopoly. Right now, anybody who is on the earth right now and living here today, part of what we created is marriage and monogamy. Now, back in the old days before, there wasn't marriage and there wasn't even monogamy. And there was a time period that when there was marriage – Guys could marry as many women as they wanted to. And and there was also a time period that women can have as many men as uh, she wanted. That's not what it is today. Today's game is marriage and monogamy. Otherwise, we wouldn't have it to start with. So anybody who is here, the more highly evolved you are, in actuality, you're more capable of making love work and attracting perfect, unconditional love. Even with the ups and downs to it, perfection, by the way, doesn't mean what everybody thinks it means. It doesn't mean everything is going right 100% of the time. It's that everything is going the way it's supposed to and you're capable of dealing with it. That's what's so perfect about it. So the more evolved you are spiritually the more you want a relationship, okay? And if you don't think you need a relationship, you're actually giving in to more of your fears. Remember, people, we are the ones who divided the bodies, not God. God created the soul. The soul is androgynous. It's both male and female. However, in our course of living here on earth, we specifically divided our bodies to preserve two of our greatest gifts. The two greatest gifts that came with our creation is intuition and intellect. And at a time we were here as one being, the intuition and the intellect running together equally, When we were going down the slippery slope, there was nothing to pull us back from it because we were pulling the other side with us, whether our intuition was bringing us down or the intellect was bringing us down, the other part was coming with us. So we divided it into two and what we did is we decided let's put a higher amount of – well, let's put intellect and intuition in both But in one, let's make intuition stronger, and in the other, let's make intellect stronger um, so that they can both strengthen it together. But if one is making a mistake, then the other can also help pull them back from that mistake. That's why it really is the sexes are important and the genders are important in that way, though we can both equal out our male and female sides. But the idea then is... That as long as we separated, until we're no longer separated, then we know we don't need to set the gender differences anymore. But right now on earth, we're separated. If we're separated, we're also meant to come together. Remember that. We started as one. Our goal is to become one again with individual minds and experiences, but as one big giant puzzle and picture. So you're meant to come together with a partner. That's natural right now. Maybe in the future, when we're more advanced, we'll change that. Maybe the aliens who are more advanced, they don't have male and female roles, or they don't have couple needs. Maybe they've got it all figured out, right? So but right now, couples and romantic relationships, that's it. That's what is we're meant to experience here. Okay. Um, Another myth, thinking that a healthy relationship means two people independent of each other. Independence only worked for America leaving England, okay, to become independent of a monarchy and King George's rulings. Independence with each other is our downfall. It's interdependence that we want, not independence and certainly not dependency. I'm not talking about us being dependent on each other, but we want to become interdependent. You know, it's really interesting. My wife and I have been together for 46 years and the strength of our marriage – That's one of the major strengths is our interdependence. And it's so funny because some people will turn around and and say, oh, well, you seem to constantly go along with with Vincent. And and she said, no, when I go along with him, it's because I'm choosing to go along with him, but he also goes along with me and I support him. He supports me. I'm not dependent upon him. I can do my own things, but there are some things that he adds to in the quality of my life and now I can say the same absolutely about my wife that she adds to the quality of my life so that's where we become interdependent not to mention there are times that I am going to be weaker than she is and she's going to have to be stronger at times and times that she's weaker and I have to be stronger I mean we've gone through some physical issues that caused us to do exactly that she needed a knee replacement I completely took care of her I had some physical issues and she completely took care of me that's the interdependence that i'm talking about so a healthy relationship has nothing to do with independence okay just understand that and i mean my wife and i actually want to still do a relationship workshop we were supposed to and then we got delayed in some things but that is one of the things that we need to talk about everybody it's so funny any of you out there who, have, who are married and have your own separate bank accounts. And I'm not talking about the gift account that you want to hide some money and save it so that way when you buy a gift for uh, your partner, she or he doesn't see that what you're spending money on, right? That's different than having your own bank accounts. People try to stay in the marriage separately, because, and the only reason why they're doing that is because of their fear of becoming lost in the other person. And that is not true. If you cannot figure out how to be one and act as one and live as one, then you shouldn't be married. Stay separate. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But don't fool yourselves. Don't get into a marriage, again, to maintain your independence. And and here's the reason why, okay? And, I, and I'll give you a, a little example of this, a minor example of this. I get great joy out of my successes and my life. But I get even more joy sharing it with my wife and watching her successes and her life. And... Because of that, because of that, I naturally care about wanting to please her and make her happy. Not – and and here's the other myth, sacrifice. Love is about sacrifice. No, it's not. No, it is not. There is no such thing as the word sacrifice in regards to love. If I hear another person turn around and say I sacrifice so much for my children – there's no doubt you're going to have problems in your relationships and with those poor kids because they're supposed to be feeling you unconditionally gave to them you decided to bring them in and now you're thinking it's a sacrifice because you have to give something up of yourself in order to give to your kid that's not supposed to be a sacrifice and they're not supposed to feel that way and quite honestly if christianity stopped the idea that jesus sacrificed his life for us we'd all be better off he did not sacrifice anything sacrificing means something against your will something taken or given against your will that's what a sacrifice is don't dare try to say that jesus came down and sacrificed his life for us no he gave it purposely and purposefully He didn't sacrifice it. He didn't give it up. That's exactly what he wanted to do. But we look at sacrifice to try to make ourselves feel good about ourselves when in actuality we're not. And so I don't sacrifice anything for my wife. And I also don't give up any of my ideas and feelings, okay? I decide that willingly and lovingly we built a house together we went through the house it was the easiest process for us to pick out all the designs and the countertops and the cabinets we wanted and the colors and the window treatment because each of us was saying what would you like hon and i was honestly it's just like what difference does it make if i have the color walls up on my In my house, that please me if my wife comes in and looks at them and gets sick all the time because she can't stand the color. What is more important to me, the color of the walls on my house or the pleasure of my wife that I love so much? There's the difference in what love really is, okay? And when you really, truly love somebody, that feeds you. Here's the proof of that idea, and this is a small example you see a movie by yourself, a wonderful movie, right? And you absolutely enjoy it. So, what do you do after you watch the movie? You call up your friends, you call up families, you, go, you tell them. You see, when the next time you see them, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable movie. You gotta watch. A matter of fact, when you watch it, I want to come with you again. Let's watch it together. Why do we do that? Because not only are we capable of experiencing joy and bliss from our own lives, we're capable of experiencing others' joy and bliss and wanting to share that with them. As a matter of fact, there is a psalm in the Bible that um, Leonard Bernstein put to music and was really interesting. And it's actually the end of a whole, it's called the Chichester Psalms. And at the end of the Psalms, the, the song and the psalm is that I put you in a world together so you can experience the joy of unity. And that was a plan, you know, and if you look at, us today especially in the United States with the polarization and everything that's going on it's exactly opposite of what the plan was and that's the reason why we're so miserable everybody thinks holding on to your own belief is what makes you happy and protects you it doesn't you're wrong you're miserable because we're not getting along you're miserable because your relationships aren't working because it keeps proving to you you're not lovable I'm not lovable I'm not deserving when we change that attitude will change the way we treat each other so the joy of somebody else I look at my wife and and even when we've had hard times and don't get me wrong in 46 years you're going to have some hard times and even during our hard times what also keeps us together is whenever we're upset with each other we go off and we look what would my life be without her and if you're in a bad moment. It seems like, well, there will be less pressure, less abuse. I can do what I want. But if you really think about it and you go there and say, what's the biggest deal about doing what you want – if you can't get somebody else to do it and enjoy it with you. And, and, and I look at my wife and I try to even think what my life would be without her. I don't want to think about that. Could I survive? Could I be my own person? Sure. But what big whoops is that? Who cares if you can get along by yourself? Can you get along with others? A famous book many, many years ago that was turned into a movie that starred Patty Duke was The Valley of the Dolls. And in the Valley of the Dolls, it was a story about a woman who wanted to rise to fame. She was an actress, and she was becoming famous. And all she cared about was fame, not about other people. And what was interesting is she became real famous, and she got to the top. And when she got to the top, she was up there all by herself. And all by herself, her fame meant nothing. It meant nothing. And it means nothing to anybody else if you don't have somebody to share it with. And that's why that's the other reason why relationships are so so important today. So forget the independence and think of interdependence. Um, Also, um, a myth, I'm picky. No, you're not. You're critical, self-critical. There's no such thing as being picky of another person. Everything you pick on another person for is exactly what you see inside of yourself. And because you can't fix it inside of yourself, it's projection. You project it onto others. We've got perfect examples again. If we listen to the negativity and what people are saying, especially in the United States today, you will hear exactly what people are saying to themselves. Okay, you cannot bash and judge another person unless you're judging yourself first. Everything comes from you. It starts from you. It starts about you. And that's exactly what happens. Now, here is the biggest myth within the next couple of minutes that I want to discuss that you're going to be really upset with and get mad at me and everything like that. The biggest myth of all, besides the... Attraction has something to do with another person and opposites attract soulmates. God did not create soulmates. God did not create twin souls. That was romanticized. Um, That was actually brought to the surface by Richard Bach when he wrote several books, Illusions and other books, where he first mentioned about soulmates and two lovers being together and that they were meant and created to be together. Now, don't get me wrong, because souls migrate together from lifetime to lifetime, there may be somebody that you had several relationships with before. Okay, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that person was created to be your soulmate. It's you made that person your soulmate. That's what I can teach you to do: how to make another person your soulmate. As a matter of fact, that's exactly what our relationship um, workshop was going to be called: is creating your soulmate relationship. So if you're looking for your soulmate, because it's so funny, I'll get my clients on the phone and they'll say, well, I attracted my soulmate finally. And I said, really? I said, yes. Yeah, I thought my last husband or last wife was my soulmate, but, but she turned out not to be. I'm like, okay, so how do you know this one is? Oh, because it feels completely different. Of course it feels completely different. The other one went negative, so anything positive from there is going to feel different. So why do you think that that's your soulmate? Let's stop thinking about the perfect person to attract and become the perfect person who attracts. I'll say that again. Stop thinking about attracting the perfect person and become the perfect person Who attracts? So again, whatever you want in somebody else, you want a soulmate, be your own soulmate to yourself. I have a friend, Karen Polino Carrera. She has a website, createheaven.com, and she does this program, which is fabulous, called a 40-Day Love Affair with Yourself. That is something everybody should take because when you fall in love with yourself, and have a love affair emotionally with yourself, you are guaranteed to pull that into you because that's what the law of attraction is about. I want to thank everybody for joining me today and listening to me. Um, Remember um, the sixth... Of March is going to be a readings day for everybody so please come back share this site share my show with other people so that we can increase the listeners and really get this message across to everybody thank you and have an incredible Valentine's Day tomorrow and know that you are lovable really no matter what has happened in your life you are a magnificent divine being and you are worth love attract your knight in shining armor attract your princess Know that that's who you are, and you will be sure to gain that in your life. Um, uh, My love goes to all of you. God bless all of you. And come on back, and we'll talk again next week. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.